to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Jansen Young. And a little bit about Jansen. She's a real estate diva with a passion for helping others, other investors build businesses that promote time, freedom, and financial stability. She has experience in multifamily and commercial real estate along with vacant land. And she now focuses on wholesaling and owner financing high value land and putting her capital to work with transactional funding, bridge loans, and JV partnerships. So welcome to the show, Jansen. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Eileen. I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Jansen, I'd love to start off by like learning a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in the real estate space. Sure, absolutely. So I am a Florida native and I actually graduated from college and uh, corporate America sucked me right in. I was at the same financial services firm for 13 years. So I only know one company, but I can't really say many bad things. I I was uh, really fortunate to run into a really great organization that actually supported me in my passive income goals throughout my career. So it was, um, I think, a unique experience, but still exists. So good to hear. Awesome. And so, you know, how did you get introduced to the concept of real estate investing? And how did you, you know, what did you start in? And, you know, how did you start to focus on vacant land now? Sure. So it's a little bit of a meandering journey. So give me a minute, I'll get you there. All right. (laughs) So I call myself an accidental real estate investor because I did not look for this career. It sort of found me. When I graduated from college, I was living with my parents on the east side of Florida. My husband was living with his parents on the west side of Florida. So when we got married, we both had this hellish commute to the middle of the state. It was like an hour and a half both ways for both of us. And we did that for five years until I got pregnant and realized, you know, I don't want to have a baby on I-4. So we had to to find something else. And when my husband did find a job closer to mine, we bought a house here, but this was back in 2013 and the market wasn't quite back to where it needed to be. So we were not able to sell our house and actually walk away with a a profit. So because of this problem, our real estate agent actually recommended that we rent it for a little while and wait for the market to correct, let a renter pay down our mortgage for a little while and just see how it goes. And we took the leap of faith with him. And I'm so happy that we did it that way. Because we were so far away from the property, we had to use property management. I could not hop up and change your light bulb. I could not come and check on your leaky toilet. It taught us from the very beginning to just build in that extra cushion because you get all these benefits of real estate ownership without the headache. And yes. I'm so glad we started that way. <laughs> yes, you're definitely, you don't have the time to change the leaky toilets because you're busy changing leaky diapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely correct. I only want to deal with one set of poop at a time. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> uh, no, I totally understand. I mean, because me and my husband also, we, we work very far from home. And so the uh, commute is just awful, especially when you're trying to spend more time. The, the time that you lose with your family, just on the commute alone, it just takes so much time. So it's unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then after you guys had rented out your house that you were living in, what did you guys do from there? 
So had that property going for about a year and then we were able to go ahead and sell it for a profit. And I'm looking at this, like, I said, everybody doing this, it's so easy, you know? And so I figured, you know, if we could do this on accident and still turn a profit, we definitely can do this on purpose and turn a profit. So uh, I don't know how I found it, but um, somebody recommended that I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like everyone else. (laughs) And I read it in two days. I gave it to my husband who just sat on it and sat on it and sat on it until we were like two days before we had to return it to the library. And I'm not about to pay that 10 that 10 cents. So (laughs) I'm not paying the late fees. So he read it in two days and he looked at me and he was like, we have to do this. So that's what like got us started to be official real estate investors. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask really quick, when you had rented out your house, were you able to cover, it was the rent that you were getting was able to cover the mortgage or were you able to bring in some cash flow on top of that? Good question. So remember, this is an accident. We did not buy the property intending to be an investment. So after the mortgage, the taxes, insurance, HOA, uh, and the property management fee, I'm happy to say we cleared a cash flow of $26 a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than a negative $26. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So I have been cash flow positive on every investment I've had to date. So a knock on wood. Okay, there we go. <laughs> well, it was a great strategy, at least, you know, while the market was downturning, you found a different way to kind of subsidize and not at least lose any money and were able to accidentally move on to the next real estate journey. <laughs> exactly. And, it's, and I, I really want to give credit to my broker for opening me up to that opportunity. And if you do have any real estate um, agents or brokers on the line, even if investing is not your thing, I would just encourage everyone to learn about all these other tools. I mean, how can you support your your buyers or your sellers with rentals, wholesaling, double closing, owner financing. There's so many tools that are available. And if you're only focused on sell the property, sell the property, sell the property, you kind of miss out on really helping your clients overall and getting more profit, current deal flow. So, And so after you had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and yeah. got your husband to read it as well, not having to pay the late fee to the library. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, what did you guys, what were the next steps after that that you took um, to take action? So we ran to YouTube University, gobbled up any piece of knowledge that we could find. And I think uh, my husband and I were talking about this the other day. I think the reason why we were so successful is that as soon as we learned something, we tried it because I wanted to figure out what doesn't work. Uh, I wasn't chasing the the shiny penny. I wanted to figure out what the universe is telling me is not my lane. So I could quickly course correct and find my lane. So YouTube said, you find good deals on Craigslist. So I hopped on Craigslist. Um, I happened to find a fourplex in my area that looked like it was reasonably priced. So I I called the guy up on, on the phone and my husband's like, baby, you don't know how to buy a multifamily. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, but the guy on the other end probably does. (laughs) So, so, you know, I was honest from him from the very beginning. Okay, I'm a new investor. I've got my down payment, my rehab budget. I found a lender, but I'm new to this. So kind of help me out. And I'm so glad that I did because that wholesaler introduced me to a whole community of real estate investors. I found my title company, my lawyers, my cabinet guy, my tile guy, like, he just opened up an entire world to me and all because 
I was honest and I, I asked for help. And so were you able to close on that four, four unit? Almost. (laughs) (laughs) So three days before closing, my lender backed out because the rents were too low and there just wasn't enough to cover the debt. And I had no idea that such a ratio existed, you know, so I called up the wholesaler again and I'm like, I'm not an investor. I'm a fraud. (laughs) It was a pretty traumatic experience, but again, me being open, honest and, and vulnerable, he was just like, okay, cool. Jason, how can we, let's figure this out. He hung up the phone and an hour later, the title company called me back and said, you're funded. And to this day, I've never met that private lender, but he gets paid 10 days early every single time I I, uh, do a deal with him. And um, funny enough, after that deal, I eventually rolled that money into a fiveplex. We did the birth strategy and got a fiveplex. And he was, my lender was upset that I paid him off, was offended that I did not use him the second time. So, you know, money was never the issue that was kind of a mental block for me, but it was really enlightening to see that now that's the only blockages are like really between your ears. If you can clear that out, like the possibilities are endless. Biggest contributing factors that help you clear that blockage and open up your mindset. Yeah. Honestly, taking action. I've noticed that when I'm doing stuff, it's hard for me to sit down and think about all the things that are going wrong. Yeah. My husband, I don't know where he got this from, but it's brilliant. He calls fear the um, fear of um, fake events appearing real. That's what he calls fear. And he's like, so if you just do something, yeah, it could go sideways in 20 different directions. But if you do it, then all those 20 obstacles are just gone. Now you focus on the next thing where it can go sideways 15 different ways, take a step. And now all those 15 problems disappear. So if you just focus on the step right in front of you, keep moving forward. And I sometimes say this vehicle chose me. I didn't really choose it. It's almost like when I made the decision that I wanted to make real estate a thing, I just took a step and then God just like opened up the path. He's like, oh, I've been waiting for you. Come on down. (laughs) That's excellent. Your husband, I love that. I love that. um, What he called fear, because really every problem is a problem of perspective. It's just how you handle it and how you approach it. I love a problem of perspective. I'm going to steal that. I love it. And so, you know, you did a couple of multifamily, you did a couple of, you know, multi-unit properties. And then now, you know, how did you end up getting into land? I ran out of money. (laughs) (laughs) So I've noticed that babies and money tend to really encourage you to take more action. So I went back to my investor group and every month they bring in speakers that talk about all kinds, mobile homes, house flipping, wholesale, like you pick it. Um, And this guy came and talked about land. And at first I was going to skip it because how boring is that? But there were three things that really resonated with me. First, he looked at this room of about 300 investors and he asked like, how many of you are flipping houses? Tons of hands go up. How many of you are wholesaling houses? Tons of hands go up. How many of you are doing mobile homes, storage units, all these hands. And finally he said, put your hands down. How many of you are doing land? And only three hands go up. And he's like, guys, that's your competition. And I was like, huh, okay. So I like the blue ocean aspect that's going on here. That's cool. And the second thing that really resonated because both my husband and I were working full-time jobs at the time. We had two small children now. 
And the idea that I could flip land remotely made so much sense. I mean, at first it didn't really get it, but I'm like, what the heck is there to look at? The first piece of land I ever flipped, I drove out there, got out of my car, stood in front of the trees, and it looked exactly like Google Street View. <laughs> so I did not ever do that again. So now I flip, you know, my business here, we did 28 properties and I just did everything from Google Earth. It's just the fact that we could do it remotely just was everything. It fit our lifestyle very well. And the third reason, and this is really the kicker. Let me take a step back. We are not in real estate because we are super in love with real estate. Real estate for us is just a really efficient vehicle to our final destination, which is retirement, passive income, right? The holy grail. And I am finally retired as of April of this year. Hallelujah. Took, Congratulations. Took <laughs> Thank you. We got there. But so the third piece that he mentioned was that he cash flows vacant land. And I'm like, okay, but there's no tenants. So how do you, how does that work? And it really has to do with the way that we get the property under contract. So in the housing world, people are used to having 70%, buying at 70% of market value. That's your maximum allowable offer, your Mayo. In the land world, we typically are buying at 30% of market value. So paying 30 cents on the dollar really gives you a lot of cushion to be more creative. So now I can market that property for half price and get quick cash. I could market that property at full price, but offer owner financing and collect enough of the down payment to pay off that property and then create cash flow for the next 5, 10, 15 years. So that, when I saw the cash flow perspective, that's when I was like, okay, this is this is my thing. It aligns with my goals. I'm there. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So then the cash flow comes through primarily the owner financing portion of it? Yeah, yeah. Got it. And so how are you able to find so many deals and how are you able to find the sell or the buyers? Yeah, good question. So let me answer the buyers first because I, I was hung up on this for a while because I'm used to driving by signs that say land for sale that have little ecosystems growing on them because they've been there for 10 years, right? But that's really a pricing problem. It's like anything. You can put anything up for sale. If it's the wrong price, nobody's going to buy it. So when I talk, think about like, where are these land buying people? It reminded me of my husband who recently got obsessed with Jeeps. I, I don't know. I don't get it. We live in Florida. It's hot. The idea of riding around without a roof and just burning is not appealing to me. I don't know if you've ridden in a Jeep. It is not a comfortable ride. It, I, I hate it. And I could not explain, I could not understand like how anyone could enjoy this. 
And my husband goes on Facebook. He's like, baby, this is a lifestyle. <laughs> I feel a whole groups like dedicated, passionately dedicated to this vehicle. I cannot stand a ride in. And land is exactly the same way. It's not my thing. It might not be your thing. And that may not be your neighbor's thing. But there are people who are really passionate about the open road. They love the idea of building their own dream home. They love the idea of taking their camper out to five acres that their family owns and taking out the RV or four-wheeling around on their own property. For larger tracks, there's whole hunting communities that love you know, to have their own piece of land so they can get those tags in, in the right season, right? So it's not about what I've experienced, what I've seen. It's about tapping in the communities that already are very, very passionate about a lifestyle and explaining how this piece of vacant land can help them live that lifestyle. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. (laughs) And so one of the things that you had touched on a little bit before was as you're making that transition from the multifamily into land, you had run out of money. And so how did you bridge that gap to begin with? Yeah. So where did we get the the capital to start flipping land? Because it's not free, right? (laughs) So our strategy for land flipping is really to do it as cashless as possible. The majority of our capital in the land flipping business is marketing. It's finding those deals. And I send, I do direct mail. I send a lot of letters to a lot of people and I, a lot of people say no, which is totally cool because I only care about the yeses anyway. (laughs) So we do a lot of marketing that way, but as far as a deal goes, Like I said, we try to get that purchase price down to about 30% of market value. So we have some options. And when you're selling land at 50% of market value, it goes really, really fast. So what we'll do is we'll wholesale. Are you guys familiar with this concept? Uh, Yes, but you can maybe explain it like top level. Cool, cool. So wholesaling is really... I get a property under contract and says, yep, I'm going to buy this property. But if you've ever bought a house, you don't sign a contract and then spend the money right then, right? You've got this waiting period. Sometimes it's 30, 45, 60 days. Well, in that time period, I can go out and shop it around and tell other people, hey, I've got this property that I could buy. If you want it, you, you can have it and take my place. And there are people that will pay five, dollars $20,000 to cross my name off of that contract and put their name in it instead. That is called an assignment of contract. And that is what wholesaling really is. I'm giving someone else the right to buy property that I previously had the right to buy. And so in that world, after that 60 days goes up, we schedule a closing date. I have the seller already. I found a new buyer. And we all come together on day 60, you know, and the buyer pays for everything. I get my fee and the seller gets what they get and they move on and live a happy life. (laughs) And everybody goes on their happy way. (laughs) Exactly. And that's how you do a deal with no money down with wholesaling. And so throughout this entire journey, you know, you and your husband have been primarily doing it together and with the two children that you have as well. And so you also mentioned that this past April, you had also retired. And so that's really great news. So throughout this whole entire journey, you know, how were you able up until you had, you know, left your W2 jobs, how are you able to manage your relationship with your family and with your job and with real estate? Great question. So everything is on my calendar and my Michelle Bosch, she's actually the co-founder of the Land Profit Generator Method. And it's a powerful woman. I highly recommend you look her up. She's amazing. But she says, she's like, if you want, if I want to know how successful you are, show me your calendar. 
that'll pretty much map it out. And it's really clear in the corporate world how much your calendar dictates your day and your focus. But I found that it's also really important that you use that for me in my personal life to dictate my focus as well. So when I was working full-time, I established that my working day was from 8 to 5.30 p.m. And at 5.30, I was out of there. I'm sorry, I'm not available. I have things to do. From 5.30 to 8 o'clock in the evening, that is my family time. We sit down together and we have dinner. We play a board game together as a family. And that's just always how it's been. And then from 8.30 to 11 o'clock, those were my office hours where I did lane flipping. And I was religious with it. It's not about like having this big chunk of time with tons of effort. It's just about carving out enough time to make a little step forward every single day. And that's what we did for three years. And that's how we went from 20,000 in debt to a million dollars. Wow. And so what was that mindset shift when, what was the, I guess, turning point for you when you realized that you were able to leave your W2 job and go full-time real estate? Oh, that was a tough one because (laughs) (laughs) so first we had, we were all about goals. So first we had the goals of, okay, well, when our passive income matches our expenses, then you can go. And that happened. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, maybe we need a little bit of cushion. Okay, fine. Once you get six months of cushion of a runway, then you can go. And I was like, <laughs> maybe we wait until bonus. Okay. Once you get your bonus, then you can. So there's always this whole next year kind of syndrome. And um, honestly, it happened in March when my husband of this year, 2021, and my husband just looked at me and he's like, when am I going to get my wife back? And I was like, and that's when I decided to leave in April. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, real estate is not the the end of everything or not the, not exactly why we're doing everything. It's not, yeah. it's, it's the reason for why we're wanting to do it. We want to create it. We want to utilize it as a tool to be able to spend yes. it, spend the time, create the time, create the passive income, create the passion and everything like that, that you're able to choose and spend it however you want. And if you're, okay. you know, your day to day and you're not focused on the things that you're passionate about, your family, your hobbies or whatever like that, and you're doing things that you're not as passionate about it's it becomes tough and not sustainable over time yeah. it wears on you it does it's a drain and i love the fact that you're highlighting the fact that this is a journey it's not just get to something and what i've discovered is that all along that journey you're building habits like i was building habits of focusing on my business and treating it like a business not like a hobby and i had to because i didn't have any time for it to be a hobby it had to be a real thing but I was also building a habit of carving out time just for my family. I was building a habit of going on a date with my husband once a week. Like that was just a part of my habit. So when I retired, those habits just got expanded. I still get to live that life. And what I see with a lot of, of younger folks, not younger, but earlier in the journey, no matter the age, earlier in the process you know, they're really, really excited to like eat peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, live in a van and like just crush it, which is totally cool if that's your thing. But if that's not really your lifestyle and that's not really what you want, well, you're developing habits right now that might be incongruent with who you really are and who you really want to be. And to your point, it's not sustainable. You're going to burn out and you're not going to enjoy the journey. And unfortunately, when you finally get to that destination, those habits don't die. 
you still have this sense of, I have to save, I have lack, there's never enough, I have to pinch pennies. It doesn't have to feel like that. Absolutely. So for Jansen, for you and your company, what is the next thing for you? And what are you looking to focus on next? Yeah. Margarita's on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just got back from Los Cabos. So we went to Cancun in January. We went to Los Cabos uh, um, last week. And my my son, my son is four years old. He's like, mommy, I love Mexico. I was like, oh, (laughs) baby, what do you love about it? He's like, I like the strawberry daiquiris and I like kids club and I like Miss Michelle. That was the butler. I'm like, you don't like Mexico. You like luxury. <laughs> like, I've got some soul he likes the to good do. life. He likes the good life. <laughs> I, am, I am creating a very delicate flower here. So I've got some soul searching and how to manage this. Um, but yeah, so our next, our next big adventure is the kids are back in school. We did virtual schooling last year. So now they're actually being with other children, which is exciting. But on their first day off, we're actually going to take a whole week and uh, go to Columbia and check out some schools down there because I do want to actually spend a whole summer in Columbia so my kids can actually experience, you know, Spanish speaking culture without a butler. You know, that's not real life, (laughs) at least not for us, not yet. (laughs) So Jansen, how has real estate investing impacted your life overall so far? Yeah, it's just given us such a sense of freedom and control over, over our investments in our future. My 13 years of corporate experience was all in financial services. And we preach, you know, having a responsible saving practice and investment practices so that you can have a retirement with dignity and not just dignity, but a retirement that you really, really love and are passionate about. But you give up a lot of that control. I mean, I have no own Facebook. I cannot go up to Mark Zuckerberg and give him my opinions. Like everything I put on Mark Facebook Marketplace gets shut down. So I don't know. <laughs> He does not care about my opinions, but, and I think I heard this from Robert Kiyosaki, when you are in the securities markets, there's a little bit lack of control there. And insider trading is like not a thing. Even if I knew something, I can't act on that. That's illegal. But in real estate, every single deal is an insider deal. I know the seller. I know the buyer. I know the motivations. I know the market. Like Every deal is inside. So the more knowledge that I have, the more tools that I have, the more profitable I can make all of my investments. And here's the thing. I don't buy my shoes full price. I'm not paying that 10 cents, right? (laughs) So if I don't buy that full price, why on earth would I buy my investments full price? So I love the fact that I've got control to secure my investments at a discount, really take control of my returns and, and create security for my family. I love it. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Uh, it's a marathon. Somebody told me that and I was like, yeah, but you don't know me. No, <laughs> but no, seriously, <laughs> like, don't tucker yourself out. It's the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but just hang in there. It's coming. Your day is coming. And what's one thing that sets a successful people part in real estate? Action. Hands down, no question. I know people who are super educated on these topics but if you just do it, then it's, I mean, if you just listen and learn, I mean, it's just a waste of time. <laughs> I'm like, go invest your time in Game of Thrones. Like it's much more entertaining. <laughs> so, but yes, do educate yourself, do listen to these things. But when you get some, a nugget, go out there and try it. That's the best way for you to really learn. And then I also say it's market testing, right? It's letting the universe speak to you and say, yep, this is, you're on the right track or ah, turn left but you got to be open and you got to 
have your eyes open and your ears open for opportunities when they come your way. And Um, that's another thing. I just want to touch on what you just said, Eileen. There's no shortage of opportunity. They're really, really, I mean, if anything, I'm drowning in opportunity and learning how to say no is, is a part of that growth process, but just being open to recognize it is everywhere. Just calm down, relax, educate yourself, pick a path and go for it. You'll do fine. And do you have, what is one of the best techniques that you've used to improve your, the efficiency of your life or your business? So other people talk about the miracle morning. I found, I think it's Brendan Burchard with high performance habits. And so I love that book. And um, specifically because there are, I mean, Stephen Covey has like the, the habits of successful people. So along the same lines, but Brendan Burchard takes a very scientific approach to what different habits that make you successful. And I love that he's got an online quiz, which was pretty cool highlights for you the, the areas where if you make just a tiny little adjustment, it can have ridiculous, ridiculously change the magnitude of your output. So it really helps you focus on what you need to improve. And based off of that book, he's got a planner that every day helps you be intentional about what you want to focus on and what you want to improve. And I've got to be honest, it is the reason why my husband and I don't kill each other every single day. <laughs> we respectfully disagree on most decisions in this business, but every morning we reset and we say, well, what is the real focus? What are we both trying to accomplish? Might have different ways of getting there, but we both trust that we're both taking action to get us to the right direction. And that's how we're able to respectfully disagree and then still make everybody happy. Awesome. Well, Jansen, I thank you so much again for joining me on today's episode and sharing your journey. We definitely learned a lot from you today. And I really love how you got to where you are today. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. Thank you so much for having me. And so, Jansen, really quick before we go, where is the best place for our listeners to find out more about you and your company and what you're doing? Absolutely. So you can check me out at flippingwithoutrehab.com. I'm also available on TikTok and Facebook at Flipping Without Rehab. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jansen. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eileen. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.